0: Could the Carolina Panthers make a surprise move ahead of next week's trade deadline? I'll answer that question among other questions on this week's edition of the Weekly Wednesday Mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free over on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. Why? Because on Wednesdays, throughout the rest of the regular season, I'm going to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me. Or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. Get your questions in for next week's edition of the Weekly Wednesday Mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so we're gonna get into the Weekly Wednesday Mailbag here momentarily, but first there was some news that came out. On Tuesday afternoon in Carolina, There's some good news and there was some bad news. What do you want me to give you first? The good news or the bad news? Well, you've gotten nothing but bad news pretty much all season long. This season has been a constant kick to the groin, so I'm going to give you some sunshine because I'm a positive guy. I care about positivity. I like to spread positivity. I know someone's laughing right now, rolling their eyes. Stop doing that. Stop doing it just because the truth might not always be positive. does not mean that I like to be positive. Let's go ahead and, and give you the good news. Carolina Panthers have activated starting right guard Austin Corbett off of the physically unable to perform list or also known as the pup list, which means Austin Corbett will be back on Sunday in pads starting at right guard for the Carolina Panthers who have started Three different right guards this season. Chandler Zavala started off, then he moved over to left guard after Brady Christensen went out for the rest of the season with a bicep injury, then entered Cade Mays, who was replaced in the second half by Calvin Throckmorton, who has held down that position. Now the question will be, who starts at left guard? We'll find out on Wednesday the status of Chandler Zavala, who... He's not on IR, and we'll get to that here in a minute. The bad news, so we'll see what that neck injury, the really bad stinger that had him carted off in Detroit. Thank God it wasn't what it looked like when he was um, immobilized and taken to the hospital there, was able to travel back to the team, and of course did not play And the Panthers' week six loss there in Miami against the Dolphins. We'll see if he's back and if he's ready to go, but he has not played well. At left guard, we talked to Mike Kay, the Charlotte Observer, earlier this week, and it was interesting how Zavala, who naturally is a left guard, only played five games of Iki Aquano at NC State, how he played better at right guard than he has at left guard so far this season. Then Cade Mays has come in and played better at left guard than he has played at right guard. And You would think that maybe he's more of a right guard. Uh, maybe it's Calvin Throckmorton who gets the opportunity to start there at left guard. Either way, the Carolina Panthers will be... Buoyed by the fact that Austin Corbett, who Mike said is the best offensive player from last year, um, helping him, the fact that he's back out there, that should help the offense. It should help Bryce Young, and there should not be as much leakage up the middle. It's going to help Bradley Bozeman play better. It's going to help Taylor Moten play better. It's going to potentially, you know, take some pressure off of Zavala and some of the other guys on this roster that had to fill in at that right guard and at the left guard spot this season. So a positive that Austin Corbett is back here for the Carolina Panthers. Now to the bad news. Carolina Panthers placed not one, not two, but three players on injured reserve on Tuesday afternoon. Jeremy Chin, who was reported last week by Adam Schefter to be expected to miss up to the next six weeks with a quad injury. He's officially on IR. He's out through week 12 and sounds like he probably wouldn't return until the Carolina Panthers traveled to New Orleans face off against the Saints in week 14. Itro Gross Matos, who has been One of the most improved, if not the most improved player on the roster this season was thought to be an awkward fit in a 3-4 scheme. The Panthers defensively have been able to find a way to utilize his strengths. And he has played the best football of his career so far in Carolina, which led someone last week to ask me, is it possible that E. Gross Matos returns to Carolina next season? This will not help as he's going to miss up to the next four weeks. He can come off of the uh, of IR after Week 12, following the game against the Cowboys at home and ahead of the trip to Tennessee during that Thanksgiving week. And also, Geo Ritchie, one of the tight ends on the roster, he has now gone on IR. The Carolina Panthers now only have three active tight ends on the roster: Hayden Hurst, Tommy Trimble, Stephon Sullivan, who started off earlier this season on IR. uh, Ian Thomas currently is on on IR right now, and of course Richie, so three of the five tight ends have been on injured reserve so far this season, and expect a lot of Tommy Trimble uh, moving forward. We talked about his usage with Mike on Monday, and it sounds like he's going to be someone who's going to be utilized a lot moving forward, and it would make sense as a younger player who potentially could develop into... That Pass catching tight end threat. We've seen him have a couple touchdowns this season, I believe. Yeah, I know he at least has one, maybe it's two. Tommy Trimble is someone who is expected to now step into a bigger role. And as far as who's going to take over Jeremy Chin, you look at the depth chart in Panthers.com, which is never all that official. They have Troy Hill listed as the backup at nickel, so he should step in to that starting role, uh, into that starting role while Jeremy Chin is out. And then Dante Jackson, he's back healthy, and of course, CJ Henderson's here. And we'll wait to find out on Wednesday after Frank Reich speaks to the media, at least when he speaks to the media, um, whether uh, Von Bell, Xavier Woods, but really J.C. Horn, if those guys are healthy and good to go. Now, Horn's not off IR, has not even been designated to return. We'll see if that news comes out on Wednesday, what the update is. As yet last week, he had a checkup with the doctor, which would allow the Carolina Panthers to take the next steps towards him coming back and helping this team uh, later on this season. So by my count, and which is really the official count the Carolina Panthers have nine players currently on IR Henry Anderson um on IR with a foot injury he would have to be Basically, he had to sign to an injury settlement before he could even come back to Carolina this year, So, if he comes back at all. So right now, he's on season-ending IR since he was placed on IR before the uh, final roster cutdowns, or at least the initial 53-man roster. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Marquise Haynes, he's been on IR all season long with a back injury. He's eligible to come off of it anytime. At least he can be designated to return at any time. There's been no update there. Brady Christensen on IR, out for the rest of the season with a bicep tear. J.C. Horn with a hamstring. We'll find out more about that on Wednesday. Shaq Thompson, a fibula, out for the rest of the season. Ian Thomas, currently on IR with a calf. And in the three we just mentioned today, Jeremy Chen with a quad. Gio Richie with a shoulder. and Tor with a hamstring. So that is the bad news. And with uh, the roster moves that have gone on, the Carolina Panthers have also added some players to the roster. They have agreed to terms of offensive lineman Brett Toth from the Eagles. Uh, Practice squad. I hope I got his last name right. And then this name, I have not heard of this guy either. Outside linebacker Luigi the from the the Vikings practice squad. Those two are now on the official 53 man roster. Uh, Toth or Toth is a uh, Charleston, South Carolina native. So welcome back to the Carolinas. He graduated from the United States Military Academy up there at West Point and he's been with the Eagles for parts of the last four seasons. He's played in 17 games with one star in his career and also had a short stint with the Arizona Cardinals while the played at Michigan and at Wake. So welcome back home in a way as well. And he landed with the Vikings last year as a undrafted agent he's from ottawa ontario so the carolina panthers now have not one but two canadians on a roster and was a third round pick in the 2021 cfl draft he appeared in three games for the vikings last year and a corresponding move the carolina panthers made to uh i don't know these a corresponding move just made the, the move the carolina panthers decided to make uh they have released veteran offensive lineman justin mccray from the practice squad mccray did not make the initial 53 was signed to the practice squad was elevated uh, once this year, heading into that Dolphins game, did not play, and well, you know, he hadn't been great anyways whenever we saw him. The Panthers now have two open roster spots on the practice squad. It will be interesting to see uh, what they do with those, as Frank Reich said. You look at it as now you have 69 guys, you have 53 active, you got 16 on the practice squad. They have used multiple elevations for guys, uh, positions of need based due to injuries so far. The season would not be surprised to see the Carolina Panthers add uh, to that group by getting some players at positions where they have suffered some injuries. Tight end would make sense if they want to go out there and add a tight end to the practice squad. Currently, there is not one on the practice squad. So something to look out for moving forward. But it's Wednesday and I answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, of course, on Wednesday. So I'll do that here in just a moment on Lockdown Panthers. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying. Tickets GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect. When you arrive, all-in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Alright, it's that time of the week again, the weekly Wednesday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers, but before I get there, just a quick aside, a lot of y'all have been so kind to DM me and say, hey, I feel so bad for you, this team is 0-6, you gotta cover a bad team, that sucks, that can't be fun at all, and you're right, it's not very fun, but I appreciate my interactions with you, and when I say I appreciate my interactions with you, I appreciate when you guys... Give me mailbag questions. So, when you do come into my DMs and say how bad you feel for me, how about you help me out by asking me a mailbag question? Because they're 0 6. And let's just be honest here, because I do the same thing. Tar Heels broke my heart on Saturday night. I've avoided all North Carolina football commentary since that. So, I get it. It sucks. You don't want to hear your team be criticized. I don't particularly like having to criticize the Carolina Panthers I wish this team was like the Chiefs and all I could ever talk about are great things about the team but unfortunately that's not the case so I totally get it I do the same thing you disappear it's kind of why it's been really frustrating for me personally to watch the team go 0-6 just knowing that the audience is going to go down and In part probably because I guess some of you guys don't like me. But also because the team's no good. If the team's no good, then what's the point of tuning in or listening to the show? So I get it. I totally get it. But when you do that, just help me out. Because on Wednesdays, it's kind of in a way like a reprieve. You guys get to control the show by asking me questions. Just, you know, tell me you're sad for me while ask you, also asking me a question for the weekly Wednesday mailbag. So appreciate every single one of you that ask questions, even if I don't always answer your question on the show. Thank you all for listening, and please hang in there with me because don't have me talking into the abyss to absolutely nobody. But again, I'm like you. I understand. Hate to see my team lose. No, I have actually listened to it enough. A decent amount of Carolina Tar Heels stuff But typically like if they lose It's like damn dude I don't even want to be around it But uh, I, I took my medicine Even though like whatever Let's, let's get into it Alex Who has a question about the trade deadline? That's coming up next Tuesday. You already knew that. Alex says, uh, could Taylor Moten be a sneaky trade candidate if the Panthers decide to blow it up at the deadline? He has a $29 million cap hit next year, and the Panthers would save $17.5 million if they cut him post-June 1st. Definitely not advocating for this. (laughs) Okay, Uh, but that cap number is eye popping for a good, not great player. You also don't want to kick that money down the road when you hope to be paying Bryce a big second contract. And we're going to get into kicking money down the road here in just a second. Alex, I believe this is a non-starter. Unless there is like a contender out there that is willing to give you a first round pick for Taylor Moten, you're just not going to be trading away your only dependable offensive lineman. Now, Austin Corbett may be a better player than Taylor Moten, but Taylor Moten has been the model of consistency here in Carolina. It's been Taylor Moten in losing. Those are the two things you can rely on here in Carolina. That Taylor Moten will be out there healthy, playing solid at right tackle, and that this team is going to lose games and piss you off on Sundays. Those are the constants. Oh, and David Tepper meddling and helping the team that he spent $2.25 billion liquid on lose those games. Those are the three constants here in Carolina. And I guess four is also people being at each other's throats on Twitter, or I guess you're going to call it X, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, But as far as this being a non-starter, I looked at the deal over at OverTheCap.com and at track. and I just don't really see how it would work out in the Carolina Panthers' favor. You talk about kicking money down the road. Taylor Moten has had his deal restructured each of the past two off-seasons, so ahead of the 2022 season and 2023 season. And remember, he signed the deal he's currently playing on, where there is an out-in-the-contract, as you mentioned there. There's an out-in-the-contract this off-season, but because – it's been restructured so many times, it's going to be difficult for the Carolina Panthers to get out of it. So he gets signed in 2021 ahead of the season. they restructure restructured in 2022 and 2023, and now to the point where there's a massive cap hit and there's a ton of dead money. Like The Carolina Panthers also owe Taylor Moton a $3 million roster bonus if he's on the roster in 2024 and 2025 on the third day of the new league year. And it's possible they they could restructure again to open up some cap space and keep them on the roster in 2024. Uh, if they just do a traditional restructure, that's $8.1 million, according to OverTheCap.com. But here's like the real kicker for the Carolina Panthers. If they traded Taylor Moten, they would have a $24.4 million dead cap hit next year. Currently, the Carolina Panthers have $55 million in dead money. million in dead money tied up to the 2023 salary cap this season. And a lot of those, the big three, are from trades. So Christian McCaffrey, good player, got hurt all the time. People now having this revisionist history as if they weren't always upset and didn't want to get rid of McCaffrey. He currently is $18.3 million against the cap for the Carolina Panthers this season. He plays for the 49ers. DJ Moore, who plays for the Chicago Bears, is counting $14.6 million against the salary cap for the Carolina Panthers this year. Uh, The artist formerly known as Robbie Anderson, $9.7 million dollars. Do you want to add Taylor Moten to the list of players that are good players? Now, Anderson's not one of those. I guess chosen now. Uh, But do you want to add Taylor Moten to the list of players that are solid players for you, that could help you win football games, that you traded for picks that you end up going to use for some San Jose State linebacker who you cut in two years? Is that what they want to do again and have a massive dead cap hit? It doesn't make sense. He's a good player. Yes, there's always going to be a need for tackles out there. But unless you're getting a premium... For Taylor Moten, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it because you're incurring too much of a dead cap hit and there's not an obvious replacement. Are you going to put Ricky Lee out there? David Sharp? Who's going to play right tackle? How does that help Bryce Young when the pass protection's already been atrocious this season? You're getting Corbett back. The O-line should be able to take a step forward moving into the final 11 games of the season. Like That's still a lot of time left in the year. You want to get your quarterback killed? I don't think so. And just financially... It doesn't help the Carolina Panthers that much. And just as far as the team goes, it doesn't help the Carolina Panthers. So to me, that's a non-starter just looking at it. Now, Gardner uh, from Hickory Hickory, uh, believes that the Carolina Panthers should be buyers potentially. He asks, should we target offensive line help, uh, guard or tackle and shift Icky inside? And interior defensive line help in the trade. I think our troubles originate from the trenches on both sides. Our wide receivers could benefit from Young having more time in the pocket. And I believe our odd, uh, I don't and I believe our odd decisions at nose tackle are hurting us. Now, Marquel McCall still hasn't been signed by anybody. I don't know why he failed the physical um in New England. I guess that's why he's not playing anywhere. It's interesting because he looked like he's gonna be a starter, then he wasn't a fit. Who knows what the true story is uh, behind that. Uh, But as far as defensive line help goes, I understand, like, Bravion, not Bravion Roy, he's gone, but uh, LeBron Ray, Nick Thurman. I don't know what the hell those guys have really brought Carolina this year. Um, it feels like Deshaun Williams has been pretty quiet. Same thing with Shy Tuttle. Like, Derrick Brown's played a ton of snaps. He's played as well as he could. They have not been good against the run. I think they've missed Henry Anderson not being out there uh, to help them kind of set the edge. gross Mottos, he's gotten opportunities on the D-line this year, and he's really stepped up so far this season, but he's on IR. They're just they're 0-6, y'all. Like, they're not... Unless they have injuries, and even if they have injuries, they're gonna go out there and sign somebody out for practice squad to go out there and play. They're just not gonna give up assets for a defensive lineman. It doesn't make any sense. And same thing of offensive linemen. If you're looking at it, and the roster right now, they got a ton of O linemen as I scroll down. They got Icky, they got Bozeman, Moten, Corbett, Zavala, Throckmorton, Mays, Jensen, Lee, Sharp, Toth. They got eleven offensive linemen right now. So They don't need any offensive line help via trade. They got plenty of candidates there in-house who can help them out. And maybe they added uh, another extra offensive lineman because they might want to go out there and do the trade that Alex talked about. I don't know. But, um, no, I do not think this team should be buyers at the trade deadline. If anything, they should be selling uh, players that are on expiring deals who they're not going to re-sign. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying Brian Burns because they're going to have a hell of a time trying to replace him, especially given their track record and how they've been on the able to replace some of the other top-tier players that they've traded for picks and uh, hope for a brighter tomorrow that is still not here. So we'll see uh, how that works out as we inch closer to the trade deadline next Tuesday at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. All right, going to take a quick pause here, come back, and answer the rest of your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions right here. On Locked On Panthers, these days every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. When you do, make sure to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Price Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Test your skills on Price Picks this football season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Price Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. It's that easy, y'all. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and And an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PricePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PricePix.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PricePix.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, a few more questions here on this weekly Wednesday mailbag edition of Locked on Panthers. Been talking about salary cap. Let's get into it again. Wayne, he says that my biggest problem with the Panthers is we went into the season with the second most cap space. Sooner or later, we got to start paying guys to come here. This ain't money ball. What are your thoughts? Well, currently, the Carolina Panthers have just over $8 million in cap space. And if you look at the rest of the NFL, that's like smack dab in the middle. So they have spent... Uh, Some of that money, and they like to be able to have some money available for in-season moves, which the Carolina Panthers are probably going to make in the next couple days, and that would be a trade. Now, that would probably free up some cap space, but also then maybe have some dead cap space. We'll see. Really, to not have any dead cap space. The best thing to do is um, not trade players that are under contract in the future. Looking at next offseason 2024, the Carolina Panthers are currently projected to have $58.9 million in cap space, according to overthecap.com. That is not official, but that's a projection. And that's a pretty penny. Now, there's guys like Derek Brown who you could sign. There's guys like Brian Burns, of course, who you could sign. There's players like, you know, I don't know, T. Higgins who you go trade for and then sign. There's going to be a lot of movement I would expect the Carolina Panthers to be very active now here's the thing cap space is important paying players is important the most important thing though is to be able to draft and develop effectively and the Carolina Panthers have not done that think about all those years of the Jacksonville Jaguars spend all that money in the offseason he's like okay gonna be new Jags they're gonna figure things out And all they did was end up overpaying a bunch of dudes. Now, the Carolina Panthers were smart. They didn't pay a premium for Von Bell, for Miles Sanders. Well, I guess in a way, because he's a running back, they did. But for um, Adam Thielen and Hayden Hurst, they didn't spend a ton of money on those guys. They had smart, reasonable contracts that they could get out of after a year or two tops. They don't have to keep any of those guys around longer. And you look at DJ Chark, a one-year deal as well. They've had some fairly smart deals when it comes to those veterans during free agency. Just some of them have hit and others have not. But the draft is really where the Carolina Panthers have missed out. And you talk about, hey, you got to start paying some guys to come here. Really, you need to start paying your players to stay here. Like they paid McCaffrey to stay here, but then they got rid of him because they made so many bad decisions in the offseason with free agents and trades, um, and that led to them having to go trade him away so they could get compensation and get a quarterback, and that led to them trading away another player like TJ Moore who they had just traded. Like They, they had just paid. So they, they got to just find a balance of smart, prudent trades, being able to draft and develop and get actual impact players who can help your depth and step up and be able to prevent you from having to spend all this money Every offseason, people ask me about, oh, comp picks, I don't want to see another player leave. It's like, we don't ever get any comp picks because every offseason, the Panthers are going through a roster rebuild because they never know what the hell they're trying to do. So that's my biggest frustration. Salary cap? Not really. The dead cap space, that's really the concern because you're looking at two players, Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, who are balling out elsewhere that are – You know, a cap hit for the Carolina Panthers not on the roster and could have helped your rookie quarterback this year. Like, that's more frustrating than, you know, whether they're paying guys in the offseason to come here. Because they're they're paying plenty of guys to come here. There's just been a lot of hit uh, and miss. Really miss. uh, Misses in the last couple of seasons. Now, speaking of the draft, Mark... He uh, quotes me and said, to quote you, the Panthers have a problem due to poor drafting, especially in rounds two through seven. Do you think we have a a problem with our college scouting staff or is there a problem with how we evaluate college talent? Really, that would be – those are pretty much the same question uh, because if you have a problem with your college scouting staff, then that means you probably have a problem evaluating college talent. Now, he brought up Cole Spencer, and there was another guy up there he mentioned that the Carolina Panthers brought in. And that's when I talk about, y'all, when – you talk about fire Scott Fitterer, who's a general manager, and probably has not made all of these decisions, definitely has not made all of these decisions as far as what the Carolina Panthers have done in the draft and via trades uh, the last couple of seasons since he took over. Understand that that probably means that there's going to be a pretty massive restructuring of that front office. That could mean Cole Spencer, his head gone. I don't know if that would even you know, be a blip on the radar for people if they even know Cole Spencer is or if they even care. Um, anything about Dan Morgan, what would his future be? Samir some so many other guys and other area scouts that are here working for Carolina. Those are just the people that often are collateral damage in this. And you don't really think about them when you're calling for the GM to be fired like I said this last year of Matt Rule and yes Carolina Panthers made the right decision by moving off of Matt Rule I mean the only thing I said about that was okay you get rid of Matt Rule that means that the owner who's already whiffed on his first hire and a bunch of other hires is gonna have to do it again and so far it ain't going so great so with that, you fire Scott Fitterer, you got confidence with David Tepper to get it right. But that should not prevent you from wanting it to happen because hopefully, just because he hasn't got it right before, doesn't mean he can't get it right in the, in, the, in the future. But understand, it's not just Scott that goes. There's a lot of people that lose their jobs. You just understand that when you're out here screaming for someone uh, to be the, on the unemployment line, even though, yeah, financial, he'll be fine. Uh, but how about the other people who also lose their jobs? Where will they go? What will their opportunities be in the NFL uh, moving forward? But I do think they have, clearly, they have to have a scouting problem because, well, the players that they're scouting aren't doing great. And you look at it so far, even this rookie class have right now, it's not like Mingo has looked great so far. It's very early. And I'm not meaning any of this to be overly critical and say that these guys are going to be a bust or they're never going to work out. Um, But you look at DJ Johnson, he's not really playing and – Fans love to just take a practice clip and just be like, oh, look, what a bust. Okay, give it a little bit more time maybe. Um, And then we're not seeing uh, any of Jamie Robinson. And so far, you look at Zavala, he hasn't played. So this class hasn't looked great um, early on as far as the returns go. And there's plenty of questions about the big 2021 draft class in 2022. So we'll see what it looks like. But, yeah, right now they have just a draft draft. Evaluation problem and maybe in a development problem as far as the coaching staff not developing these players. It's all a systemic failure for the Carolina Panthers, and they must do better if they want to get out of this hole and actually be in a position to compete sometime in our lifetimes. Um, last question comes from Travis. He mentioned something I brought up on the show yesterday about Sunday potentially being used as a ref not even potentially, it will be used as a referendum on Frank Reich, Bryce Young, and his entire organization if they lose. Um, but he just says, on Tuesday, you talk about, did we miss out on not hiring this coach or that coach? And I t- took Frank. Um, but if we didn't and went with someone else, do you think we get all the other coaches Frank was able to add to his staff who lots of the coaches being future head coaches or could possibly take over Frank doesn't work out? Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, really what I was saying on Sunday, the Panthers lose and they're, at and, they're 0-7. And if Stroud balls out, and whether Bryce plays well or not, if Stroud balls out and D'Amico Ryans looks good, has a good defense, and that team looks more organized than the Carolina Panthers, that is going to be used by fans as a referendum on Frank Reich, Bryce Young, David Sapper, and the entire organization as a whole. Because you're going to be looking across the field at potentially what you could have had, what you potentially could have been. And who's to say that would be the result in Carolina – if D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud were here in Carolina, we'll, we'll never know. That's what I was saying um, uh, yesterday on the show. Now, with Frank Reich, like the staff, I, I don't, are some of these guys, like is Parks Frazier here without Frank Reich? No. Is Jim Caldwell here without Frank Reich? No. Is Dom Capers here without Frank Reich? No, I, I don't think that's the case. But I do think it's possible that Thomas Brown is still here, that whoever wouldn't have been the head coach could have hired him. The same case goes with Jero Averro. The amount of money that David Tepper threw out there is a big reason why a lot of these guys are here. Like, Burt Watts is here because of his relationship with uh, Jero Averro. Same thing with, like, Sean. I mean, Sean Jefferson's on the offensive side of the ball, but he was with the Rams, so he knows him. Same thing when you look at uh, Jonathan Cooley. Like, a lot of those guys are here because of their relationships with the coaches that they're working with. Like, Deuce Staley is here because of Frank Reich. It's not every coach is here because of Frank Reich. Like, they might have liked Frank Reich and they liked the opportunity, but they could have still been here, whether it have been Wilkes' staff or it would have been Steichen's staff or Ben Johnson or someone of the DeBico Ryan's staff in this instant. So, right now, though, you look at it, it's not like those guys have done a great job winning ballgames because they've won zero. We'll never know. But it's an interesting question, and we'll see how things play out because I'm just prepared for the enormous freakout the Carolina Panthers lose on Sunday to the Houston Texans. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where I will be back again next Wednesday to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions. Either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe. Be happy, be whole, as always. Keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Thursday as it's going to be a crossover Thursday edition with the host of Locked on Texans.